<laughs> okay, so you got a tr you got your timer on? Oh no! Yeah, let's put a an alarm. Well, I did set like a. Oh, you were listening to Emily Sunday. <laughs> the new I song Hurts is like one of my things. I love, I love it. She's fabulous. Well, Clown is one of the songs that like really taps into what it's like to be a queen. You know. No, because no. <laughs> I'm okay. not a queen. I mean, I'm queen. Well, I could like quote like, the the lyrics for you, but go back and listen to Clown, and it'll give you a little insight about what it's like, I guess. I don't think I really got drawn into Clown. I was more into Heaven and um, Daddy. Yeah, those were mine. That what, okay. Cause was it called Daddy? Mm. You didn't listen to Daddy? No, she, I like a, I like a Next to Me. Next to Me was good. I love that song. I just like her styling. I think she's beautiful. Can you sing? I, I think so sometimes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Come give, us, give us a little bit. Give us a little no, bit. No, try me at karaoke. Let's see if that works. <laughs> uh, are you going to sing tonight? Yeah, I always sing while I bartend. I, I mix drinks at the same time. I put the microphone in my armpit and I shake it up <laughs> the other hand. <laughs> but are you going to go on stage? No, I sing behind the bar the whole time. Like, I don't stop what I'm doing. I'm taking orders and I'm making drinks and I'm giving change while I'm belting out walking in Memphis. Do you take requests? I, of course I do. There's yeah. this one guy, every single time I, he comes in, I do Tracy Chapman for him. And he gives me a $20 <gasps> bill. Tell me it is uh, my favorite one off of her. There's two. There is, um, tell me the name. I do uh, Give Me One Reason. Yes! I do Fast Car, and okay. I do Revolution. Oh, there's one more. Please say you did the other one. Um, I haven't done Baby Can I Hold You Tonight, but it hasn't mm -hmm. really been an occasion for that. What's yours? Uh, it's Give Me One Reason, and then there's one more off of her. Oh, I can't think of the name of it, but it talks about, like um, I think it's like changing or something. Well, the Revolution's kind of like that. I don't know. But it's really good. Okay, I'll think of it, and I'll I just love it. Tracy, yeah. Why do you love her so much? Uh, well, for the longest, I've always like clung to androgynous type women in my whole life, not even knowing it, you know? Even when I was younger, those were the kind of people that I liked. And then since I've come into my like gay manhood and my queendom, <laughs> um, I love uh, people like Emily Sande and people like Tracy Chapman and people like Annie Lennox who are always writing this line. If people are like, are they a boy or a girl? Who fucking cares? They're an amazing artist. Because you can kind of, you kind of, are a little bit androgynous as yourself, yeah, right? Yeah, constantly. So. You know, I, I'm wearing girl jeans right now. Really? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I had a period in my life where I wore girl jeans. It just fit my Right. Well, there just isn't enough room in the front. So. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just like leave the zipper life. open. I'm sure we won't mind. No, certain people do. <laughs> certain people do. You know, I've seen worse at a Walmart. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned you... Uh, okay, Walmart. Okay, I just like caught that as I was... It hit me like a second later. You mentioned... Um, Manhood and queendom. When did you find either? They happened at the same time. Um, well, you know, I was raised a Christian my whole life. I was raised in Wichita Falls, Texas, kind of a small town. Very. Uh, my parents were Christian, and my grandparents were Christian. My great grandparents were Christian. They were all ministers and people at our church. Very important people. So the family had to behave a certain way. And when everybody in the church started noticing I was gay, I had to reel it in a lot, <laughs> and just to avoid being attacked daily. And then um, when I was a senior, when I was a junior in high school, I was outed, and it was kind of a liberating thing because I didn't have to hide anymore. But the thing is, I had 17 years of people behind me, you know, condemning me or picking sides whether they were going to agree with me or not. And then October of my senior year, my parents moved me to a little pissant town in Oregon called The Dalles, about an hour and a half e uh, east of Portland. And it was like a clean slate for me. So that's when my mandom started. Like I moved and I started to decide what kind of gay boy I wanted to be right off the bat. And of course, the only influence I had was queer as folk. And Justin was not the person you wanted to be when you're brand new to a city and underage. So okay, so for the, for those of us who haven't watched uh, Queer as Folk, what kind of guy is Justin? Oh, he was baby gay, very new, still in high school, saying things that you know you think people want to hear. Just to sound cute or clever or like, mature. Yes, mama, God, oh no, not even that. That's that's a whole different level. But you know, you you talk a lot of shit about people without even knowing them first. You know, you hear people being catty, so you think being bitchy equals being catty. And there's a, there's an art to it. There's a you learn a lot more when you're listening than when you're talking. And I, my mouth was constantly open when I was a younger guy. <laughs> I mean, so you mentioned you were trying to reel it in and back it up, kind of kind of change your demeanor. Like, what were some of the tips that you like? What kind of things that you did that kind of help you blend in? Sit down and shut up. <laughs> that is literally all I could do because I'm a, I was a clown of the class clown of our church anyway because I went, I took my first steps there. I knew everybody there, you know, that was my family, my extended family. 
And um, so I was always kind of cutting it up with everybody, but when it would get a little bit too girly, you know, people would come after me and, you know, they'd beat me up for it or whatever, just to try and put me back in my place. I mean, Wichita Falls is not an open-minded place. Yeah, I've never been there. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, (laughs) my first boyfriend was an airman. That was kind of fun. Ooh, a what? An airman. He was in the Air Force. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there's an Air Force base in Wichita Falls, Shepard Air Force Base. And um, right after the guys get out of basic training, they go to tech school there. And they're either like a mechanic or a medic or um, in communications. And so my first boyfriend was there. And that didn't go well. Can I tell you what I did? What? To like hide how gay I was? Because I was pretty, I'm, I'm kind of flaming, you know, when you've she, met me. She's comfortable in her skin. Yeah, why not, right? So I, uh, hi, you ever, uh, we're around the same age, so you ever get that um, buy 10 uh, CDs for like a penny kind of thing in, mail, in the mail? Oh yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And then you never paid it, and you just got 10 <laughs> free CDs? <laughs> is that just me? I think that's how they went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> so I had gotten a couple of, like air quotes, like straight CDs, and uh, one of them was Rob Zombie, which was me, it was like straight, to, to me it was like which straight music. Which ended up being good music. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually surprisingly liked a couple of songs, but I got Celine Dion and carried a Celine Dion in a Rob Zombie yes. CD game. <laughs> that's brilliant. And I did also like uh event was it um the the vertical horizon is that uh-huh. one of them? And I put another gay ass CD inside that one. That's I carried brilliant. those two inside there and listened to my like, in my little Walkman with them. That was the time of like what was the the, the Christian rock band that everybody was listening to at the time? P- Pod paid on delivery. Never heard. of I them. had to listen to a lot of them. <laughs> I, I listened to a lot of like uh, a Christian pop, you know that kind of stuff. And one of them was Joy Williams and she's a lesbian and she's out now and singing straight music or singing, you know, gay gay girl music. And the funny thing is like there's a tattoo on my chest mm-hmm. from a summer camp that I went to where Joy Williams was teaching on purity. And so everybody else is like studying the scripture so they'll stay away from having sex before marriage. And I got a tattooed on my chest so I wouldn't have <laughs> sex with a boy. I figured we're getting hot heavy. We take our shirt off and they're like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh no, Jesus is watching. I can't. <laughs> Turns out you can turn the lights off and tell them to shut up. So. <laughs> Speaking of like uh, you're having sex with a guy, like what type of guy gets in your bed? Uh, I got, oh, man, I, I, I don't like ignorance. I like people who are just very culturally aware, you know? I like open-minded people. Uh, anyone who, like I said, like I, I had a problem with always having my mouth open in a negative way when I was younger gay. Anyone who still has that going on, I end up turning into Auntie Sable on them rather than like sleeping with them as Tim. <laughs> I, and I don't like that. I don't think we mentioned this yet, but uh, I'm speaking to Sable City. <laughs> For eight minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, it's only eight minutes. I feel like we've been talking our entire lives. I know, so I'm natural. into it. <laughs> yeah. So eight minutes in, uh, we are speaking to Sable Cities, uh, a local Austin a drag queen. Yeah, I moved here two and a half years ago from New York City. Yeah, so I was looking you up, and uh, you've you mentioned you were in Oregon mm-hmm, for five um, years. So the only thing I could find on you because you were either really good at hiding your 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 skeletons, or <laughs> you are just so lame at promoting yourself. Ah! It's I'm like neither. one or the other. Which one is it? Because uh, I'll I, say I'm lame at promoting myself <laughs> then. Because <laughs> I found. On one article from, I forget what it was, like one article and then your audition tape for season two of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh God, that thing is a mess. That's when I You took I the words 21. right out of my mouth. Ah! <laughs> I was 21 years old. I had been doing drag for like three and a half, four years at that time. And I had just won. Uh, Shoot, port- was confident as hell. I will say sure that. Sure was, sure was. You know, and that was the year that I got closest actually because I reused my season two edition video. They ignored me. Who let that happen? The people who I was working with at the bar at no, the time, who, you know, that's who no, I was. You know how straight people have... But that's who I know, was at the time. No, 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 listen, hold on, just <laughs> let me speak. Okay, you know how whenever you have a like a straight girl and like, oh, she needs a gay friend, where's her gay friend? Sure. Where was your gay friend that let you resend that same audition tape? Oh, well, that was, that was my, um, that's just me being a lazy person. Okay. I, I'm a rather lazy person. For the things that I can get accomplished, I am... <laughs> I hold things off until the last minute. I'm a procrastinator to the nth. Like, I was early here today, but that's because I made it a point to be for certain things. But some things to me, I I will take the easy way out. <laughs> so you said that was not the first time you auditioned? I've auditioned five out of the nine seasons. Nice. What seasons? 
Um, one was kind of a light audition. Two, we went really hard with that video. The bar actually commissioned somebody to make that video nice. for me. I appreciate the effort that was in that video because you can tell there was a lot of hard work that was put into yeah. it. Yeah, and, and we worked really hard. And you know what? I, I actually had the guy that was doing it as his project. He did so much of the work for me that I didn't realize how much work it took mm -hmm. <laughs> until season three, and I just sent it in again, and they didn't call me. <laughs> And then season four, I edited it and I put in new things from when I moved to New York. And that is the closest I ever made it. I made it to the top 20 of the audition process. For then. season four? Yeah. And then they called me and they said, congratulations on making it this far. However, we chose someone who is too similar to you. So we're going to have to invite sense. you to do it again next year. I think it was Fifi O'Hara. The only one I couldn't think of on season four who did anything kind of like what I did in my video. Fifi, I can't, I can't remember what she did on her her season but are you glad that you didn't make it on any of those seasons absolutely back because you know i mean i've grown so much by five years that i spent in new york and i mean like portland laid my foundation as a gay man and as a drag queen but the drag queen side of me overtook my life then when i moved to new york i really got to find out who i am as a guy because i started bartending more and i was doing shows a little less and then since i moved here it's been a nice little balance of that you know but um, I think that if I had gone on early, it'd be, it would have been a lot easier. It is so hard to get on that show now. Is it, it is so hard to get on that show right now. But who's to say how my mouth would have acted and how I would have been edited? Some of the girls have quit drag because of that show. And I have a feeling with my mindset at the time, it probably wouldn't have been the best thing for me. I still had a lot, a lot of growing up left to do. So you said you found yourself in Portland as a drag queen. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? Um, when I first moved to the Dalles, I was hungry for gay friends. I'd been so repressed my entire life as like a Christian. That was Grinder um, around then? No. Okay, no, no, no. so this is like you're having to like. I got on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> the first person I found was John Barnes, AKA Jersey Cities. And that's a drag queen. She was the reigning Miss Gay Pride of Portland at the time. And uh, she said, well, come to Portland because it's only an hour and a half drive away. And so I went up on a Friday night and I went out to the uh, all ages gay nightclub. The average age is like between 13 and 19 at this gay club. Whoa. How yeah. old are you? Uh, 21, right? I was 17, 17. at the time. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I was 17 at the time. This is, this is the club where like Jinx Monsoon came from and like a lot of the great club kids of Portland. Whenever club kids stopped in New York, it kind of moved over to Portland for a little while. And all the kids, they were twacked out of their mind at the time, but they were making amazing, beautiful things. And then they all sobered up and it left. What was the popular drug at the time? Um, I don't know because I didn't do drugs at the time. Mm. I was like, as far as I know, it was like, you know, things like Crystal is a bad thing in Portland, but a lot of them were just potheads and like to get wasted in oh, the parking okay. lot. And I'm still trying to shed my my Christian morals. I'm like, guys, <laughs> you can't do that. Guys, we're going to get in so much trouble. I mean, it's really hard with the scripture on your chest. Uh, right? <laughs> I know it burns every day. <laughs> So you're uh, you're 17 in an all-age club. Yep, and, and then I met my drag mother, and she had me start performing at Embers, which is the drag club there, as a boy on their amateur night. What and did she see in you that she was like, you are destined to be a queen? Mama usually wants to sleep with the boys that she adopts. So <laughs> <laughs> I had eyebrows and abs then. It was different. It was a different time. <laughs> But actually, my drag mother's going to be here tomorrow. She's never been. Nice. She hasn't been out of Oregon in like over 10 years. And now she's coming to see me this week for oh. my 30th birthday I was going to say, party. is it your birthday? Yes. Uh, the festivities kick off tomorrow with our drag class graduation. And it goes all the way through the week. So it's going to be very So what's exciting. today? I don't. Today I, is the 8th. Today's the 8th. Today's Monday. Yes. Okay. My days blend together. It's okay. I'm so a vampire. Monday through, <laughs> same. Monday through Friday, or are we doing like Monday through Monday, Monday through Sunday? Tuesday through Tuesday. So okay. like Tuesday we have drag class, Wednesday we have my show, okay. and then Thursday we do an all-male strip-off over at the bar, which you know about, don't you? Mm, how do you know <laughs> I know about that? I've only, I, okay, I've only been like three times in my life. I can't believe show. you've only been three times. It is my favorite day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of fun I on get, Thursdays at rain. I get paid to stand up there and get boys to take their clothes off. And then they ask me to perform in front of, you know, 500 <laughs> kids. It is kind of one of the coolest things ever. You know, every, every queen wants a club that's their own. And it's something you don't get in New York. In New York, you have to have two different gigs at two different clubs in one day in order to pay your rent. You work eight days a week. 
You know, here uh, and in, back in Portland, essentially your goal is to have a club where your name is on every flyer. You know, Mardi Gras presented by, Fridays presented by, Valentine's Day presented by, you know, Christmas party with our queen. Everybody wants that. And so now I have that at Rain. Like, it's, it's my home. It's my club. It's my house. Those are my kids. I take a lot of ownership over the people who go there and the experiences they have. I always have a great time when I go on whenever you're performing. You're probably one of my favorite performers in Austin. Thank you. Uh, I don't think there's a huge pool of talent when it comes to drag in Austin. I think there, there's a lot of improvement. But I could be very like ignorant to um, the scene? It depends on where you go and when. I mean, there's yeah. something for everyone. You know, that's the great thing about Austin drag and the way that drag is evolving right now is that people, are, they think that certain things are new, but they've always just been so underground. And now a lot of it's coming to the forefront. So like when you go to Poo Poo Platter, that's something that has always existed. You I know, only in, went there once and that was like last week. Oh man, in Portland back Dude. in the day, they had the Radical Fairies and the Sissy Boys. And the Northwest was just covered with these amazing boys who would run around with fairy wings and tutu and <laughs> glitter and barefoot and they're on mushrooms and tripping through the city and giving amazing, you know, heartfelt shows. But that's not the kind of queen I am, you know. I think I'm a hybrid of that, a hybrid of something new, a hybrid of androgyny. And then my favorite part is like the glamour of it all, the pageantry, the beads, the sequins, the big hair, the big jewelry, the, it's a caricature of a woman, you know? There's no part of me that ever thinks that I'm fish or that I can walk through the mall and drag without being caught, because <laughs> it is obvious that I was, <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> Your face says it all right now. <laughs> so coming from, um, you said you came from New York or Portland or, or Oregon to Austin. You came from New York? Yeah. So yeah. did you, whenever you had all, like you have your names on all these different uh, days and nights, was that like, did you have to put any work for that or like, put, uh, or did it just come naturally to you? Um, was it given to you is what I'm basically you know, asking. I think everything in your life is earned. Nothing is ever really given to you. Somebody has to recognize it about you, you know? And a lot of it is not going around screaming it about yourself. When I was in Portland and screaming that I was the best one, the, all I got was a lot of backlash from girls saying, you need to grow up because you still haven't been through certain things yet. And then when I moved to New York, they told me how good I was, but I got to ride on five years of what I was doing in Portland. I just amped it up and beefed it up, you know, and finessed it. So I was still a brand new kind of person there. And then five years later, I moved here, and it's a culmination of the last 10 years of my career and everything that is that I've learned up until now, you know. And it's just reproducing a lot of things that I've had and that I've you kind of trim, you know, like I keep my Reba McIntyre numbers, but I trimmed off some of my Cascada and Britney Spears <laughs> numbers, you know, and I picked up some Florence in the Machine and then I cast off a little Christina Aguilera. I'm really refining my style as to who I want to be and making sure that everybody at one point during the show feels like I did a number for them. Nice. I noticed that you took off a little bit of like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Is that because your knees are getting a little bit worse? Because Ooh, okay, so I said <laughs> that I made this. I made it to the top twelve in season four auditions. <laughs> season five, I wasn't able to audition because I had to have uh, my meniscus flipped and I had to have a new ACL grafted into my left knee. Ouch! And then the following year, exactly a year to the date, I had to have the same thing happen to my right knee. Now, is, when this happens, is it happening at a moment where you feel your career is just about to like propel a little bit further? Absolutely. And then you're just like, what yeah, the hell? Yeah, it's when you're working the hardest that your body gives out on you. It's not when you're sitting at home doing nothing, you know? And I was actually competing for a title called Miss America in Atlantic City. Which you won one year, right? Which I won in 2012. I did find that in the article. Yes. <laughs> I won at that pageant, actually. We were at rehearsal the day before. And we were doing Running Through Talents, and I was doing Celebrity Skin by, um, by Hull. And there's one part where I do cartwheel, dive roll, dive roll, and I stand up. And as soon as I stood up, my knee popped. And all the girls that were watching me in rehearsal in the front row, just I saw the look on their face, and I was like, oh, this is bad. Oh, this is bad. So I walked down Boardwalk Hall all the way to my hotel, and I just kind of iced it for the night. But I had to go out and drag that night for the reception. So I just kind of went in the gown and stood on one foot the entire <laughs> time, you know, whatever. And the next day I had to dumb down my talent and everything, but I swore to God, as soon as I turned around for my swimsuit wear, I was not going to let my knee fuck it up. I could do anything but in swimwear, I had to win that first category. And so there is a video of me on the Atlantic City website 
move to AC, where I turn around and I hit that runway so hard, I won the pageant <laughs> in those two seconds alone. Because then I had to mark everything for the rest of the night. And I felt, I was like, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to win. I couldn't do any of my fun stuff during my talent. But then it just took me standing in one place and entertaining people rather than jumping all over the place. So that was really kind of a blessing in disguise, both my legs messing up. Because now I had to learn how to be funny. For six weeks at a time, I had to do um, drag shows on crutches doing things like stand by your man and walk away and walk this way and I just want to fucking dance and I want to dance with somebody, you know? Oh, I love I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> I, I turn to the biggest faggot when that song comes on. Who does not? <laughs> Who does not? <laughs> so whenever you had all this surgery going on, did it fuck with your your head? Were you totally. like in de depressed for it? What, how did it affect yeah, you mentally? Yeah, because when, when I'm sitting there on the couch, you know, and you're like, I have put all this money, I've put all this time, I've canceled so many relationships and I've altered my life in so many ways for for this hobby at the time you know which was becoming a career for me and I just won this big old title I was going to be able to start doing all these really cool things How? and I was so close to getting on Drag Race season 5 which kind of glad I didn't considering the cast of that that would not have been good <laughs> but um, it's just it, it was again it, everything seems like it has to suck at the time and slowly, as I'm getting older in my life, I'm only 29, I'll be 30 this week, and I still have a lot left to learn. But what I've learned is that it's not, it's not a do or die right now. This is one moment and a very long life that you have yeah. going on. And so to focus on the shitty things right now is going to keep you from moving on to the next things. Feel your things. You have to get through it. You have to cry it out. And you better call somebody about it because you can get stuck in that place. But luckily, I have friends that are like, nope, get up, get up, get up. you got to keep going. And parts of me are like, well, girl, you got to go pay rent. You can't sit here and cry. You got to get up and you got to go pay your rent. So you dust it off and then you come home and cry some more if you have to. But eventually it gets easier <laughs> and it gets easier. And it ended up being such a good thing for me because some of my new favorite numbers have come out of that. You know, some of my new favorite shticks have come out of a bad time in my life. So if I'm going to see a Sable Cities uh, show, what mm -hmm. is the song that I need to, a performance that I need to watch before I die? Um... I really enjoy a certain club artist named Sweet Pussy Pauline. Mm -hmm. She is foul-mouthed and hilarious, and it <laughs> used to be in um, tracks that would play in clubs back in the 80s. I love that. Anytime that I do my Celine Dion, not that you brought it up earlier, <laughs> I, I, get in, I get into my lyrics, you know. Um, I got to say that anytime that somebody leaves my show, I want to make sure that they're smiling. And at one point during the show, they felt touched by me in some way. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I have a wide variety. You could literally probably ask me for any genre and I could pop something out at you. Country is my thing. You know, I love Girls Who Rock. I'm working on the new Juliette Lewis song just to add, you know, like so there needs to be something for everybody in my show. So you're versatile. I hear you. I'm super versatile. <laughs> so which is a performance you wish you never would have done? You're looking back and like, what the hell was I thinking? Mm, man, there's a few of those. You know, my my first title that I ever competed for was Miss Gay Junior Pride of Portland. And I did, that was when a Cascada, Every Time We Touch, just came out. And I did it, I and I and song. they showed me the <laughs> and they showed me the video of it. And my sister had given me some of her prom dresses when I started doing drag, and one of them was a two piece. So I was wearing the top of that and this little leather skirt and this little blonde bob. And the whole time, my arms were just swinging around like windmills, and like just from my belly button. It's like my elbows <laughs> were glued to my side, but I'm swinging my arms around for no fucking reason. I was just like, what are you doing? Stop doing that. Anytime I see a video of myself, I'm like, stop doing the noodle arms. Stop doing the noodle arms. I think I'm doing something super fierce, and then I see what I'm doing, and I'm like, you do not look like what you think you look like. Stop it. Oh, poor poor baby. I'm glad I didn't see that one then. You know? <laughs> I'm glad you did not either. But one of my biggest requested ones lately is I, I started singing live in my shows more now, so Hedwig and the Angry Inch is one of the illusions that I give. I saw that movie for the first time um, last year. Yeah, it's fucked, isn't it? It's really good. It's so good. I actually really enjoyed the music in there. Which one do you do? Um, I do Wig in a Box, and I do The Origin of Love. I love The Origin I'm learning Sugar Daddy right now, yeah. and I want to learn Wicked Little Town. And then eventually, of course, I need to add the biggest star into my show because that's how I like to end it eventually. So the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going into singing. Does that mean you plan on one day doing like a show on like a theater Totally. You know, I've, I uh, if Hedwig comes through town next year, it's supposed to be coming to the Zach Theater. I want to audition for it, even if I'm just, you know, in it. 
I would love to audition for that. And I've only done like two Broadway shows in my entire life because I wasn't allowed to sing or dance when I was growing up because that's what gays did and that's what girls did. The only time it was okay was when it was like during a Christmas show at church or if it was an Easter show at church, then I was allowed to sing and dance. <laughs> so right now I'm really grasping onto any opportunity that I can to get on stage. I'm like gathering it all up. I've done the TV show with CW. We did the Rain Report, which was really fun. I saw two videos of that. Was there more? Yeah, we did that for almost a year before they had to end up canceling it. It was just an offshoot of another show they were doing, and they canceled that show. So, of course, so did I. Goodness, this Starbucks is making me gassy over here. I'm sorry, <laughs> girl. She's got the hiccups. So I like the one where you're like, what does this word mean? And it was kind of like a, like a, I used, I actually used the word dick dick. Uh, dick dick. Yesterday. Yes! I used this. It's yesterday. a little animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, a small deer like <laughs> animal. <laughs> so I really like that. And then I forget there was another one that you did. And um, it was really good. It's a really good segment. So I was like interested in looking for more videos to see what it's like, but I yeah, couldn't find any. If you go to ATX Uncensored Dish on the CW website, some of them are still available. And Time Hop, you know, gives them to me every now and then. One of my favorites was we did Fuck, Mary Kill, and it had Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, and Bernie. And, of course, everybody wanted to kill Trump, which is, uh, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's pretty common. But the, the funny was the Mary or fuck with the Hillary and Bernie because everybody was like, well, we're pretty fucked with Hillary, so I guess I'm going to have to marry Bernie. But I was like, <laughs> I don't want to marry my grandpa. But you're gay. There's somebody out there for everybody. <laughs> there's a there's a pot like for everybody. Like strap it on, bitch, because it's happening tonight. Right? I, I would let her top me. I bet she yeah? knows exactly what she's doing. She's an angry woman. I bet you're not wrong. So you were speaking about growing up, like, because you sound very, you're you just, I this is the first time I've actually officially spoken to you. True. I've only ever, like, you've only ever said, ooh, what, what's this? Are you wearing a harness? And <laughs> that's the extent of our conversations. And I'm like, no, it's suspenders, but it's kind of from a harness company. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, you're very well-spoken and you seem very wise. Like, how does that happen? Um, like, where did you learn all that? How did you become the person you are? Uh, I'm just really, really lucky for the people I've met in my life. You know, um, I've never been content where I'm at. And that's been a theme through my entire life where my parents are always asking, you know, back before me and my parents got the relationship we have now, my mom used to say things to me like, who do you think you are that you deserve better than anybody else? And I've just always wanted more for myself. And I've always seen this big, huge, gorgeous world with so much to offer. And I want to experience as much of that as I possibly can. And so a lot of it is just trial by error. Everybody can tell me the fire's hot all day long, but until I touch it, there's no <laughs> way to know for sure now, is there? So I've, I've, I've made a lot of really, really bad choices, but the good friends that I've had in my life who have stuck by me or, you know, not stuck by me, there's another way to learn that lesson is just moving around and interacting with as many people as I can and claiming my issues. Because you were saying earlier that it was either that I'm terrible at promoting myself or it's because, <laughs> <laughs> or it's because I'm hiding skeletons. And that's the worst part is that I'm not. I don't hide anything from anybody anymore. I feel like in my life, anything that I've tried to hide from somebody, they've used against me. So I just put it all out there. I've told my parents, I'm like, look, if I get Drag Race famous, you're going to be seeing a lot of naked pictures of me <laughs> come out. You're going to be hearing some nasty stories about things that I'm into. You're going to have to make peace with this right now because I just don't hide anything from anybody. One of the quotes that I'm really trying to like hone in on this year, and I couldn't even tell you who said it, but it stuck with me so hard that was while you're out there being who you think they want you to be, the people that need you to be who you are are missing out. That's a really good quote. I fucking love that. And and I, I just want to be so authentic to how I feel and learn to say no without explaining myself. You know, I just, just, no. When did you, when did that happen in your life that you said, you know what, I no longer give any fucks? Um, I give plenty of fucks because obviously I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings on purpose, but I can't be held accountable for your feelings all the time. I can only go so far. I think the interactions are 50-50. You give them what you can and they give you what they can. You know, if it matches up, that's brilliant. But if not, then you can't be disappointed because you shouldn't have expected much, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to project that. I'm like, don't expect <laughs> much of me, bitch, because I can't always deliver. <laughs> but I'll give like you what I can. But I'll give you what I can. But a big turning point of that was on Fire Island, where um, I had such an idea of my head of how the world was supposed to be, but it's constantly changing around us. And if you keep an expectation of what something was, then you're not enjoying it for what it is. And then by the time it's gone by, it's too late. 
Sable, you need your own talk show, like for real. Okay, I'll have it. Girl, <laughs> give me a check. I'll do it. So <laughs> you were talking about how you want it more for yourself. So what's the ultimate dream that you like? What do you see happening like 10 years from now? I mean, this is like such a like corny Ten ass years question. Is good. But, like, what's the end of the game for you where you see for you if you're on your deathbed you're like man that was a good life man a household name would be a nice thing and i've always seen myself as a little star you know uh, do you remember who billy gilman is no tell me who he is he's a country singer and his big thing when he was like 12 years old he had this song called uh one voice and it was the song i used to hate him. oh yeah that little boy yeah i hated him so much because he was super talented and he was famous and we were the same age and all I'd ever wanted in my entire life, and I was 12, was to be famous. And I wanted to be a country singer. But, you know, knowing in the back of my head that I was gay since I was in second grade, that there was never a gay country singer that I'd ever seen, you know? And now Billy Gilman is out, and Shelley Wright is an out lesbian. And, you know, um, so that's great role models for the fact that that could still happen. Where, so where was that person with that quote for you back then? Right? I know. I, well, if, if I could go back to one point in my life and uh, the second that I realized that they were calling me gay as a bad thing, I would have started owning it because I was called it my entire life. And it wasn't until I realized that they were calling it a bad thing that I didn't want to be that anymore. You know, towards if I would have just started owning, yes, and you're stupid and it's a waste of your time and mine to be pointing out something quite obvious to us both. <laughs> You know, I, I probably would have had, I want, that's why I, I support a lot of the queer youth organizations in any town that I live in, like Out Youth Here. Okay. Because if I would have been comfortable at 13 coming out of the closet, imagine what kind of confident gay man I would be right now and you where my career could be. You would have a mansion in Who's to California. say? Like you or be, I could have had my teeth kicked in for not knowing where to stop my mouth. Or the but, other, you know. <laughs> but I want to make sure that, like, there, there's a safe place where people can start to work on who they are at a younger age, no matter what your upbringing is. Because if I had known about a resource like that when I was growing up, I can definitely say I'd be more confident now, but who's to say I wouldn't have gone through the hard way? <laughs> yeah, for definitely, right? So what is the name of this uh, organization? Out Youth, and you can go to outyouth.org and see a little bit more about them. It's a drop-in center. Anybody who needs counseling on sexual identity or orientation for them or their family, whether their parents get along with them or don't, if they're having trouble finding housing or a job or you know a safe place to be. They give resources there. Nice. I like it. Do you still want to be a country singer? Yes, absolutely. So a part of my 10-year plan is to be a household name, mm -hmm. to be on TV, be in movies, and mm -hmm. I want to have a double album where I record half of it as club music as ah. Sable and the other half is country music as Tim. Where it's kind of like, you know, Shania Twain did the country rock album, mm -hmm. something like that. And I want to work with, like, Christine W. is one of my favorite dance artists. That's who I want to work with on the dance side. And then someone like Miranda Lambert, which is, you know, reaching really fucking high. But I, I love, love her. I love the writing of her music, and that's the kind of country that I could see coming from myself. So, so what are you doing to help with that dream now? Right now, I'm just really... I, I gotta admit that I took a step back from auditioning for Drag Race for a couple of years because I'm really enjoying what's happening here in Austin for me. Okay. A lot of doors have opened just because of what I'm able to do right off the bat and that I am a reliable person to have on the job. I mean, I, I have flown up to a couple of gigs since I've been here, but that's just natural and getting up and, you know, saying your apologies and and showing people you're sorry by your actions, you know? So I'm really just trying to put my foot to the grindstone here. I'm really enjoying my shows. We've built up like two nights from nothing at rain and I'm just really enjoying that momentum. And you know, I'm just letting it go with the flow. I'm putting my dreams out there and I'm putting first things first right now. I'm taking care of my shows and seeing what can happen in the future. But knowing that that is a, a distant goal I just don't have to work so hard to have that right now. It's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to happen. I love that confidence. It's like, so household name, country album. What will you do if it doesn't, turn, uh, doesn't pan out for you? I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing right now. Nice. You know, season four didn't pan out for me, and I was pretty damn sure it was going to. And I just kept living, you know. I kept showing up to work, and I kept paying my bills. And I feel like that's what I'm just going to keep doing until something amazing happens. Uh, one of my... Drag idols is Bianca Del Rio, and she was doing drag for 22 years before she even made it on Drag Race, mm -hmm. and she auditioned her first year. And it was just the, the fact that you could not shake her because of her history and because of um, her abilities. And I feel like once I get to a certain point in my life, somebody's going to snatch me up and say, you obviously know what you're doing. Because right now, if I'm going to keep begging and saying, please, please, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing, then you're obviously not showing them what they need to see yet. Maybe, or they could just be blind. Well, they could be that as well, <laughs> but in the meantime, I sure am sharpening my skills. Yeah, definitely. Also, I would say just because you have a very comfortable life here, I would, I would say 
like it's like whenever people have babies, it, it, your your life isn't gonna happen when you want it to right. happen. So sometimes putting the audition tape every year, even though you don't get it, like what happens if you do get it and then your life can change completely and you, the way you never expected to. And so I would miss a lot of the Plans are good, gigs. right? But like. I'd miss a lot of the gigs that I have here right now if I did get on. I mean, like there'd be nothing like being on Drag Race. It would change my life in so many ways. You know, it would advance my career by at least five years right off the bat. But the problem with that is then my shows here get neglected and the people that rely on me here are getting, you know, put on the back burner. And I'm enjoying what I'm doing here way too much. This moving here opened up a lot more possibilities than I ever dreamed of. So you know what you need to do though, right? That. Let me break it down for y'all, right? That. Tell so me what you I need to do. start getting an understudy and getting ready, <laughs> get someone ready so that whenever it does happen, you aren't leaving sure. someone behind, right? Like have be prepared for that moment. Be like, look, sure. I got this badass bitch. You know, her name is like blah, 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 whatever. And um, she's got this. And if it's coming from you, I feel like they would be confident in who you're, you know, giving for the position. Totally. Right? And, and you know what? I, I'm not saying that I can't trust anybody to do what I do here because when I was gone this week to Dallas, I was at a pageant and two of the girls had to run the show completely out of the blue. My understudy fell through and they had to take care of everything. And nobody even had to call me to tell me that it needed to be taken care of. So... I don't think I've put enough faith into them that I, they deserve because they obviously showed up without me even having to be called. But at the same time, I love my work and I <laughs> don't want to see somebody else doing it right now. Okay, fair enough. So <laughs> how did this? How did the competition go in Dallas? Well, um, out of 15 girls, we got third place. We won talent category. Who's we? Your team? Me and my team. I, oh, I, okay. I, revor I refer to the royal we, the hashtag I'm a city's clan. All my friends who run around with me, all my friends who put their hands to my gowns and to my costumes and pushed me and bought cookies. And anytime that I talk about me at a pageant, I talk about we as me and my friends and the people who created the package to send me there. How many people does it take to create Sable Cities? An army, <laughs> a, a regiment. Um, it, this year, my sponsor list included like 25 people and that wasn't even hitting them all. Like if I had, we did a, we did a bake sale where we raised $899 and I spent like $40 to make everything at the bake sale and people even donated a few items. And if I would have had a guest book, I could have like filled up an entire afternoon of them just calling out all the names of people that helped me. And that's another reason why I'm not so eager to leave Austin yet. I have a crazy amazing support here considering I've only been living here for two and a half years. I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to this city and the way that they treat me. Yeah, because even if you make it on Drag Race, like the people who are su successful is because of the connections they made during their, I feel like, their bar, like while they're like working in the bars, mm -hmm. right? They don't, like if you burn your bridges, you may not have anything to come back to. And it's Even the way you, you treat it. I know that they would support me and I know that they would not forget me. But my problem is that I know my I've had about a dozen of my girlfriends that I've worked with over years make it on the show. Three of them have been winners. And I get to see these winners about once a year to once every other year for about two hours at a time. That is not the relationship I want to have with my friends right now. Mm -hmm. My friends are the driving force of my machine. You know, the, the crew that have helped me get to where I am right now, they're pushing this whole cart downhill with me and I want to make sure that we all get there together. I don't want anybody to be left behind at this point. It's it's still too important. It's still too fragile and we're still really like trying to fine tune who I am. Yeah, well, well what I'm just trying to make a point is like you need to be bigger than what you are because you're like fucking amazing and there should be like a list of Google links that I could click on just by typing in your name. I know. I'm so I you know, I don't even know why. I mean, a lot of it is because the spelling, you know, cities is a family name. My drag mom who's coming tomorrow, she wanted to spell cities funny. And so it has that S in front of it. And so it's hard for people to find. Then Sable, I decided I wanted to spell E-L instead of L-E. So that fucked a lot of people up. <laughs> so if you can't spell both of my names right at the same time, there's not going to be any information. And some people get one or the other right or neither. So, so I will say I was a victim of that. I put Sable with the L-E first. Uh -huh. And then uh, and I, I, don't, I just couldn't find anything. I don't know how I found your name. Oh, it was because of Facebook. Facebook, yeah, because that's how you messaged me in the first place. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how I found you on there. Did you tell me? Probably. Probably when we were at the bar, yeah, because it, that's how you sent me my first message. Okay. I, um, You're right. You're right, because I found you like, oh, no, 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 it's spelled like this, because I couldn't find you at the bar. You're yeah. right. It was your, you, you, you found it for me, or else I never would have found you. I know. See, it is, it is rough, and I think that is holding back a lot of my fame and glory at the moment, <laughs> but... Once you've been working toward a, a name and a brand for, well, they all, it's a brand. Everybody loves to call it a brand. No, I mean, I essentially, I feel fancy. like it is, don't you think? 
I, I don't. I think it's my career. I think it's my package. <laughs> I think it's it's just who I am. Um, it just sounds more fancy when you say. Sure it. does. Brand. I know. Everybody's <laughs> like, "Oh, my brand." What, <laughs> what are you at Nordstrom's or are you a Goodwill girl? What's your brand? I mean, you got to fake it till you make it, right? Why not? But sure enough, that's what I have to do sometimes with my tricks. So, are um, you a mother? Now, I have, on these days? I've had one drag child in my entire career, and I feel like I am not a very good mother. I'm a very Joan Crawford, I am a very overbearing, Mama Rose, gypsy kind of character. Um, Does that translate to Tim? Uh, in a way, I'm a bit of a control freak without... Uh-oh, is it time to go? N- no, it is. Nope. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. So for those of you who are listening, we set an alarm out because Sable has to work tonight, and she was gracious enough to give me a little bit of her time before that so that we could record this. Thank you, Sable. Thank you, darling. Yeah. That was just my little alarm going off telling me that I need to do my responsibilities later. <laughs> Ooh. What are those? Uh, <laughs> well, I am an HIV-positive man, and okay. once a day my alarm goes off and reminds me to take my meds so I stay healthy. Do you need to take them now? No, I did that before I came here just in case. Okay, cool. Because I was actually, I have, it's funny that you say that because I was listening to, have you heard of the podcast, Nancy? Mm -mm. It's really good. It's an LGBTQ podcast that just got released not too long ago. They have about six episodes. Uh, It's done by these two Asian, um, one Asian woman and one Asian guy. And they, and I think both of them are um, gay. And so their latest episode was about HIV Mm -hmm. and and about, uh, and that like, like I always forget about that. And I know it's still like a crisis in this world and it's Mm -hmm. just not spoken about. Um, And a lot of us are not educated about this, um, you know, about HIV. And so, and right after that, like just before I was coming in, I was like, oh, I remember someone saying I should watch the the Pose one that on Netflix. That's the documentary about the dancers of Madonna, Strike a Pose. Oh, okay. And so you're going through uh, the documentary and you're just like, you're just, you don't realize that towards the end or the middle that this is almost a, basically a documentary about HIV. Cause oh, because it was the, the 90s. Dan- yeah. yeah, and like the dancers. Almost, I had I never seen it, but yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I, I'm not done with it, but just like it doesn't focus just on HIV, but it you you, you notice a change in the... Um, totally. We have an entire generation missing from our gay community right now, mm-hmm. and it was super, super present in the front of my mind when I was living in New York, and the people who actually lived there during the 90s would talk about it. They would almost immediately start crying, talking about they would get two or three calls a day from people who had passed away and within a matter of months, like they, they didn't know they were sick and then all of a sudden the next thing they knew they were dead. And so it's, it's frustrating whenever you think about the education now that everybody has this phone in their hand where they can have all the updated knowledge and they still use 90s knowledge, which mm-hmm. is an insult to the people who did die because the people who are living right now are not dying from this disease. They're living very healthy lives as long as they're taking care of each other and as long as they're taking care of themselves. And they know in every single three months we get tested and we get our blood tested, you know, and we're very, very healthy, but this huge stigma against us because we have those three little initials attached to our name, all of a sudden makes us a lesser person. Meanwhile, you're running around having crazy sex with people who just say they're negative and you don't even know for sure what is going on with them. So at least, you know, a positive person can be honest about it. And they didn't have that they didn't have that liberty back in the nineties. All they knew is no. that people were just dying. So it's just I, I, I urge everybody to read up on current information because it's pretty exciting what breakthroughs they're having right now. In Australia, they just um, they had one of their test mice. They just cured completely I saw for the that. first time ever, and they are working on monthly shots rather than daily pills. You know, they're, the advancements that are being made right now, people can't even contract it anymore. It's pretty amazing. So I urge people to go out there and read the real information. Read a few different websites. Decide for yourself and don't use outdated knowledge. It's it's a big old slap in the face. <laughs> so did you hesitate just then whenever you were about to tell me? In a way, yeah. But I think that not telling anybody about it, again, is an insult because we have to normalize the conversation. The only reason it's uncomfortable is because we've made it uncomfortable, yeah. you know? It's like it's like talking about douching before butt sex, honey. It's <laughs> something that people need to talk about a little bit more can I so t- people are prepared. Can I tell you a story about that? Go I, for girl, it. Girl, I'm girl, always down for this. Girl, well, I'm going to tell you two stories, okay? <laughs> so for, first of all, like w- the first time I decided because I was going to douche, I got an enema. I went to Walmart, got my enema, and I went to the restroom. And this is, by the way, on YouTube. So the story's out there so that I'll never forget. And... So I'm douching and I'm on the toilet and 
something doesn't feel quite it doesn't feel like it's quite out so i get my hand i'm like i'm like okay we need to get this out because i feel like there's still more that's in there right because oh i thought because it was like if nothing was coming out so i do it and all of a sudden all over your hand oh my hand was full of fucking caca <laughs> oh my like, god that was my first experience with douching, right? <laughs> and then about like last year, I was like, let me go buy one of those little pumps, right? Yeah, uh, and so bullet. Like, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Put the water and squeeze it up in my butt. And, um, and so I'm, 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 I do that and I'm about to dump what's inside. And I didn't realize, I was in the tub, that it soaks back uh, the caca back <gasps> into it. And so no! when I dumped the water out, I'm just glad I didn't put this in the sink or anything. There was like caca all over my tub. I was like, I wish someone would have educated me about how to use one of these little balloons because I didn't know that no. like there, you may have like poop back inside you only the water. Get, you only get like embarrassed a couple times. You know, sometimes you're just not prepared. Sometimes it's in the heat of the moment. You know, it's butt sex. Shit happens. Yeah. Whatever. But there are YouTube videos and XTube videos that go into <laughs> the intricacies of cleaning yourself out and being prepared. Because sometimes you can overdouche, which is bad. Yeah, you can hurt yourself. And yeah, you can really hurt yourself. But those are for the people who like want love elbows deep. Mm. You know? And then there's like, they don't recommend that you use a bullet more than three times per session. And in the morning, you need to have a big old thing of yogurt so that way you can get your natural bacteria introduced back into your body and you don't make yourself sick. Who knew I was going to get educated today? Like, Mary, seriously. what else do you want to know about? <laughs> what else you want to know? One time, I, I will say, I wouldn't say, I, I, I've had a couple of guys, like, have, like, uh, shit on my dick a couple of times, but that didn't bother me, so I don't, but I also, what I, what, you want to know another gross story about me? Sure. Okay, so I'm on a date, and we're in Kansas, and I had apparently felt sick the day, that day, because um, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on, but someone's, uh, I was getting breakfast tacos, and their food was making me sick. So I went one morning forgetting that their food made me sick and uh, I ate breakfast. And so the whole day coming to about five, I was feeling just disgusting, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was about to cancel my date, but then something happened around six. So I was like, okay, no, I'm good, let's go. So we eat and we get back and then we you know we start to fool around and sometimes I'm like sucking his dick and um, I'm, 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 I, I feel fine, right? But apparently my body didn't. I've, uh, all over his dick. He oh, did, no. and I had my hand, my shirt in my hand. So I, as it's happening, I catch it, and I clean his dick. He doesn't know what happened. I look at him like, I'm just like shocked, right? He goes like, "What? What's wrong?" I go, "I just threw up on your dick." I was like, "He's like, well, I, I started to laugh. I wasn't embarrassed, uh, but." He was the biggest gentleman I've ever met in my entire oh, life. Oh, good. See, the yeah. reaction is another thing. You know, when we, talk to, when we talk about ignorance and why people are afraid to talk about certain things, it's the reaction that you get. You know, people want to talk about butt sex, but they don't want to talk about getting ready for it. <laughs> you know, people want to talk about, you know, it, it's embarrassing when you get shit on your dick, but you don't want to talk about how you react when it happens. You say, okay, honey, well, let's move this into the shower. You know, you haven't been turned off completely. Let's just clean things off and continue right there. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. <laughs> so are you, speaking of showers, are you into like golden showers? Like what kind of kinks are you into? I have definitely experimented with the level of that in New York City. You know, pretty much anything that has not made me bleed or cry, I've done it. Um, What's your I, favorite? I love go going to bathhouses. Whenever I go to different towns, I love going to bathhouses. You get you get such a buffet of different experiences. Sometimes yes. you just suck a dick. Sometimes you just getting it. You know. Sometimes <laughs> how you're do you butt, how do you hide how do you suck dick out of bathhouse? Like, well, I, I guess maybe different ones are laid out differently because when I went to, I only went to one, uh -huh. and it, it it wasn't really an opportunity to do that. What are you saying about? You say sucking dicks at the bathhouse. Yeah, bathhouse. Yeah. yeah, girl, it's it's a men's gentleman spa. It's men's only clothing optional placing where you just go up to people and you say, "Would you like something?" Really? Yes! You're just like that confident. Also, there was like workers yes! that were like, that "We're walking around in towels." If they start <laughs> tugging on their dick, chances are they want you to do the same thing. Oh, I guess I wasn't paying too close attention then. It's okay. I, I will give you a get out of free pa pass this time. Mind you, I was going because I wanted to relax. Girl, my hair felt so nice after that fucking bathhouse. It was amazing. Um, I think you and I are talking about something completely different. Maybe. Because I think you're thinking like a real Turkish bath, but I'm talking about like a men's sex club where you check in for a few hours overnight. Okay, what's the layout of, of a bathhouse sex club? Like, what's that like? Okay, so like, um, well, the first one I ever went to was in Portland, Oregon. It's called Steam. It's, one, it's a really nice one. Okay. Now, the bus has stopped running about 
one, two o'clock in the morning in Portland, but we got done with our drag shows and my best friend got out from bartending at like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. So we would just take a $10 cab ride up to the bathhouse you pay them $25, you know, or 15 if you want to just get a locker. And then you walk around in your towel the whole time. And there's a hot tub and there's a sauna and there's a shower and there's a movie theater area and there's a dark room and a maze. And every, every place has different amenities. The one in uh, Dallas has a pool and they do like barbecues in the afternoon. It's real fierce. I love barbecues. I love barbecues and dick too at the same time. <laughs> See, I've never done that. Yeah. Not to know, sell. Yeah, and then some of them have private rooms where literally you just have a mattress. And for us, it was nice because we would just sleep if we wanted to and maybe get some dick at the same time. But then you have, I think most places are six to eight hours depending, you know. And so if I'm from out of town and I don't have to take drag with me and I just have a backpack, then why don't I just stay the night there and maybe get some dick instead of spending three times as much for a hotel where I'm going to have to be on Grindr the whole time. Mm Mm-hmm. I just started cruising this year and I almost got myself into trouble one time and that traumatized me for a good few weeks and I didn't never realize that um, like anxiety was a thing when it comes to like trauma. Totally. Because um, when I would pass by that area, like I was scared to drive by that area just thinking like he probably wasn't even there, like those dudes weren't even totally. there. Totally. And so, but in my head it was like, like I was like, it was like that, is it like PTSD kind of thing? Is it one of those? Um, I just um, think that you're, like I think it's, you're unexpected. You know, you don't think about certain things being attached to sex or to being attached to hooking up. But now you have to worry about, is somebody catfishing you? Are they sending you actual pictures of themselves? Or are you showing up to somewhere and they've been using pictures of someone else? That's happened to me before. Same. A few times, you know? actually. And it's terrible because like now you, it's like, I miss hooking up in a bar. I miss sending somebody a drink and them smiling at me uh-huh. and then we go make out for a little bit <laughs> and then we go have sex in the car like a normal person. I started like, to do that this year. I'm like, fuck Grindr. Like, Everybody's yeah. sitting on Grindr at the bar and it's like, boo-boo, we are <laughs> at the bar. You are surrounded. If someone says hi to me on an, an app, I will ignore them. I'm like, nah. Even if you approach me, I'm like, nah, your first approach was to say hi to me on an app when you were sitting literally like 100 feet away from me. It's like, no, sorry, bye. I feature my grinder a lot more when I'm like out of town or if I'm like in a part of town that I know that I need to be in for like 45 minutes. I'll be like, well, let's see if we can bang out a quickie before mm-hmm. I have to be at this next place, <laughs> you know? So how do you approach a guy if you're sitting up like at a bar? Like what's your go-to besides the drink? Or is that what you, is that your I, like, I wait. I wait to make eye contact mm-hmm. first. And if we both smile at each other and there's like a little nod moment, then you approach, hey, what are you up to tonight? Are you from town? What do you do for a living? What brings you out tonight? Are you celebrating anything? Or are you just getting in trouble? Like those are my opening lines. Cool. I'm and they can't use really that. fail because they one lead question leads to another and they're telling you more about themselves. If they want to know more about you, then they'll say, and what about you? But you just find as much as you can about that person to show them you're interested in them. Did you ever get nervous? Like Yes, God. Yeah. Do you still get nervous? Yes. <laughs> yes. Especially when I'm a guy. You know, when I'm in a club, I have no issue going up and talking to any boy and telling him how hot I think he is. But if I do the same thing in drag, you get this look sometimes where people are like, who do you think you are coming up and talking to me like that? Really? Yeah. The uh, I, I would say that the standard of guys that I think that I can talk to fluctuates between drag and not. You know, if I'm going to go for one of those really handsome guys that goes to the gym all the time, you know, and probably has a six-figure job, that's something that I do in drag. But if it's some guy that I know that I can get like raunchy with as a boy and his apartment is probably just as hodgepodge as mine, you know, no, nothing there is from Pier One or from Elm Street, you know? <laughs> so then I, I, I mean, when I'm a guy, I go for guys who are more like me, you know, just guys next door, quirky, strange, fun, nice. you know, potheads. So <laughs> so you're hooking up while you're um, going out of town. Does that mean you either you either have an open relationship or you're single? Which one is it? I'm single now. Um, I was dating a guy for about six months. But, um, you know, I think that it's, it's completely different dating a drag queen than you think it's going to be because people are constantly pulling you in 100 different directions. You know, whether I'm working or not, I'm working. If I walk into a bar as a boy, there's just as much chance of, of getting cornered and talked to as I is in drag so then we can't go out as much and then there's like you know the parts of my body that I have to shave that some guys think are sexy or if I have to have nails for a certain event my hair used to be really really long you know it's it's a whole different side of sexuality that a lot of people don't play with and the guys that I tend to be interested in want a guy's guy they don't want a guy who is super feminine Mm -hmm. so I mean, I've I've definitely widened my range of the kind of guys that I'm into right now and it's just more if, if, if we click yeah. You know, if, if there's like that little flash of lightning or if there's that little spark or whatever, nothing has to get super intimate or and I'm I'm not getting emotionally attached anymore. 
I used to want to get so emotionally attached because I grew up, you know, this southern, hopeless, romantic, raised on country music little boy, you know, and I believed in this idea of love and marriage. And now my idea is that I'm happy with my life and I get my emotional needs from my friends. I don't really need a boyfriend right now. I need to get out there and have a good time and celebrate my body and yeah. my sexuality. And Are you my, confident with your, your body and who you are as a person Totally, now? totally. Yeah. I mean, there are things that I miss, like I miss my abs and I miss my eyebrows, but... Um, <laughs> I miss a well, lot that, of my flexibility. Well, you both can, like, you can do something about both, yeah, right? Yeah, you can turn the lights out. <laughs> <laughs> Put your face in a pillow. You're so uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been in love? I think so. I mean, and my, I mean, when I just broke up with my most recent boyfriend, I, I was definitely falling in love with him. And I was, I was putting off saying it every day because I knew his emotional maturity was a lot different than mine. And I could just feel that it was very one-sided and I was only holding on to the last hope that it was eventually going to change for him, you know, that he was just going to wake up and feel the same way about me that I felt about him. But even when we text each other recently, it shows the lack of emotion in his or the lack of consideration for my emotion. And I just realized that whenever I am like super connected to somebody romantically, it's, it's heavy and it's fast and it's all the way. And I, um, I fall quick and hard. Same. How do you juggle the work with the like the love? How, what kind of things do you do to help with that? Is it hard? Because you, you have to tell them, look, babe, if you want me to stay home tonight, you have to tell me. You can't get mad at me for always working, but never asking me to take a night off. You know, because that is doable in certain circumstances. I'm not going to take off one of my Thursday nights. It's one of my biggest gigs. But my Friday night, I'd be happy to take off. You know, mm -hmm. and we can stay at home and watch movies, or we can go out, or we can go camping for the night. I love camping, so we drive an hour out of town and find a little site. You know, I've never been romantic. camping. I'm doing it this year. Uh, I'm doing it this year. I just went recently with my friend to Krause Springs, and I had the best time. It was so I cute. I love that spot. Natural springs flowing in and out of it, you know, and they have barbecue spots and they have RV spots, and we just took a quick hammock or a quick tent. But I have a hammock that I want to just tie up there one time. Nice. Have you written a song about this guy? No. Is that going to be on your country album when it comes uh, out? It, I think the general idea of, <laughs> I, I think that it sucks that there's always a common denominator between all my guys and it's that I am crazier about them than they are about me. <laughs> That's and, the story of my life. <laughs> and, and, I, and I have, like, I'm going to love this And I have written write down that. a couple lyrics to something <laughs> to the effects of laugh to keep from crying, but <laughs> it's a nice way to get through life. It's better than crying about it. Yeah, pretty much. So, so now we're, uh, I think, whatever is our time, we're about an hour in. Does that mean we have to get going soon? Yeah, I think I need to be going here about the next 10 minutes, but I sure have enjoyed talking to I you. I know. So it's, I it's could talk by to you so all fast. day. It has. It's gone by so fast. So I just want to, I just want to, like, uh, I'm just going to ask you a couple questions off the top of my head, because, like, I was interested, we were talking about your album, like, what would be the title of your album? Like, what would Probably Laugh to Keep From Crying. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because it fits the whole club anthem of go out and have a good time and fuck everything else that's going on in your life, but it also fits the whole romantic side of me that is like, well, that's, isn't that funny? <laughs> so what's the name of the first single? Same title? Uh, well, we have not gone that far into it. You know, I, I, I wish I was more of a musician and more of a writer, but that's where the collaborations are going to come in, I think. Okay. But I think that a lot of my thoughts and a lot of the things that I've been through have some sort of coherency to it where we can really group it into some fun ideas. Okay. But it's going to be more of a celebration of life and uh, taking down some of the moral standards that are set for us that we weren't around to be set in the first place. You know, I, I think that Kesha has like a very good take on how I want to live my life this whole I don't know why you care so much that I'm partying over here and having a good time for reals I don't know why it is any of your business what I'm doing over here okay so favorite part of a man favorite part of a man mm -hmm. either Ooh. like mentally like a character like a like quality um, or physically quality man it is so hard to find a good kisser anymore I am I, <laughs> I hate to brag but I am a very good and it is impossible to find that anymore um, it is I love a guy who can eat a good butt. That's hard to find, too. I like both of those, actually. That those is hard really to good. find. Um, but if I had to say, like, physical attributes, a good smile will make me go weak in the knees, mm -hmm. and I cannot keep my hands off butts. I love butts. Like it. Favorite dick? Um, like, person or shape? Mm, you know what? There, I had an ex-boyfriend, and it was about nine and a half inches uncut, and it was the most beautiful thing that I'd ever Damn. seen in my entire life. <laughs> it was just proportions and everything in the right way, but the problem was that he was a total bottom. And he was like, I wouldn't even know what to do. And I was like, you need to lay on your back, and I will show you. <laughs> It'll be fine. I would do the It'll work for you. It'll be fine. You need to lay right there, and we'll call you a top. 
yeah, that's good. So what is your favorite food? My favorite food, ooh. I'm gonna, like go, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna I, lo- I like Golden Corral. Minutes, well, I just went to that conveyor <gasps> belt sushi place. I love Golden Corral because they have Pepsi. <laughs> Mountain Dew. I Mountain love, Dew is my favorite uh, soda. I drink a lot of Mountain Dew, but I just went to uh, that uh, conveyor belt sushi place on airport. Never heard and of it. It is delicious. It just opened on the fifth. Okay. It's brand new. You have to go. Okay. I mean, I don't like. Sushi. I ate so much conveyor belt sushi when I lived in Portland. It was one of our favorite places to go mm-hmm. before drag shows. It was Sushi Ichiban next door. But um, this place just opened, and they have steak, and they have chicken, and they have noodles, and they have other things other than just sushi there. You need to go try it. It's delicious. I don't like sushi, though. You don't have to like it to go there. There's other things. Okay. So get friends who do like sushi, and they'll appreciate the experience. Okay, what's the name of it? Kula or Kuma? Something like that. Okay. It's on airport. Okay. It's the only conveyor belt sushi place in Austin. Okay. Okay. I'll Google (laughs) that shit. So who is, like, who's made the most impact in your life? Be it like a favorite celebrity or someone close to you? You know, my dad has, my the evolution of my dad's relationship and mine has been pretty special. From being the music minister at every church to I'm going to hell, to he would never accept any of my boyfriends, to now he goes to all of my drag shows and he's my president of my drag fan club and he designed my website and he knows more about drag race than I do. <laughs> and we talk every day during drag race season. <laughs> I love. Are you watching this season? Oh, absolutely! You I'm see addicted. The sticker? I see every single show. This is not the final sticker, but I do a, a drag oh race. I do amazing. a drag. I, do I was a, wondering the whole time I was sitting here. I do a drag race recap, and that's uh, one of my stickers for it. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. I love it. I, for a second there, I thought it was a tarot card. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what I did is we made it, or I made it into like um, Viera Loteria. Okay. So it's in the style of Loteria, to where it looks like one of the stickers that you would Stunning. see on the on the thing. So I I was gonna do a bunch of like. Bunch of the queens to make a full card, but then I just started to like create different things and it didn't quite all come out as Lithidia. And I was like, I got like two or three of them that were let sale. I ain't mad about it, it looks pretty good. I know, I like it. Good job for you. He's multi yet complex talents. I am actually, I am, I do quite a lot of things and I'm not a master of all of them yet, but I will be one day. That's how I feel about nightlife, you know. That's why I can move to any city that I want because I'm a bartender, I'm a bar back, you know, I've run the drag shows at all the clubs that I've ever worked at. Having that kind of experience gives you longevity in this industry, and you need that in order to survive in nightlife. Like, if you get stale, definitely. So I'm just forgetting that I'm gonna take a picture of you. So we need to hurry up and go because I'm gonna okay. have like five minutes for that. I, I can do right. it in like two or That's one. Cute. So I'm, before we go, I want to ask you, where can we find you? Since it's so hard to fucking find things about you, give us some <laughs> socials, handles, URLs. All right. So I, I'm sadly I'm at my five thousand maximum on Facebook. So it's hard for me to <laughs> add it to my personal one. page. Start a new but one. But look, you're asking a lot. I have a like <laughs> page. Go to my like page, and everything is automatic. Um, I'm on my Instagram constantly. That is the best window into my life right there. If okay. you want to check out my Instagram, it's S-A-B-E-L-S-C-I-T-I-E-S, Sable Cities. And um, you can see me at Rain on 4th. I bartend Sunday nights and Monday nights as a boy. Monday nights we have karaoke. Tuesdays we have drag shows. Uh, Wednesdays we have drag shows. Thursdays we have the strip off and I perform there. And then if you want me for a wedding, a bar mitzvah, or any kind of other party, you can contact me about outside booking information. Yes, we, and don't forget Grinder. <laughs> well, Sable, it was a pleasure getting to know you today, you, and I could talk to you all day, literally. Like, I'm, you're just so interesting. I could just ask you a million questions. Well, you thank know? you. I'll come back anytime. Oh, yay! So uh, that was awesome to meet you. I just said that again. I guess I'm getting nervous. I don't want to say bye. Trying oh, to like prolong say it. Goodbye I know, right? Well, let's uh, go ahead and shut this bitch down. All, all right. right. All right. Catch y'all later. <laughs>